And welcome to another episode of Digesting the Force. Today we are continuing our 11-episode special event where we will be talking about the Star Wars saga as I watch each movie for the very first time. Each episode will discuss that movie as a first-time watch with no knowledge of the movies released after it. We decided to watch in release order, and today we are discussing the movie that kept hating Christensen relevant, Revenge of the Sith. As always, I am joined by my host, Aaron. So Aaron, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. This is definitely the first movie of the prequel trilogy that I can honestly say I am non-ironically excited to speak about. I love this movie. I feel like this was the prequel that we wished all three of the prequels were. This is what we wanted out of the prequel series. Callbacks to the original series. And that's what we came to the prequels for. Was to, We wanted to remember the old good stuff. This feels like the closest to the original trilogy. To remember the good stuff. <laughs> yes, not to tip my hand too much here. All right, Aaron and I cannot go on this journey alone. So we have invited Star Wars experts and super fans to join us throughout this special event. And today we are joined by one-fourth of the best Schmodown after show, A Certain Point of View, Jillian Marie. So Jillian, how are you doing today? Oh, that's so sweet. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, This is definitely my favorite Star Wars film, so I'm very stoked to be here. Perfect. I'm very excited to have you on to talk about this. And again, just thank you so much for joining us today. But before we start off on our discussion about your favorite Star Wars movie, we'd love to know why you just love Star Wars in general. So it's kind of funny. I was actually kind of a quote unquote late bloomer when it comes to being a Star Wars fan. I didn't really grow up with Star Wars. I guess you could say I kind of grew up with episode one was really the only movie I really saw growing up. So Phantom Menace. So Phantom Menace actually kind of holds a special place in my heart. Clone Wars, we don't talk about Attack of the Clones. We don't really talk about. Um, but I really didn't become a fan until the sequel trilogy. And I started dating my significant other, Sean. And he, of course, being a Star Wars competitor, he really got me into Star Wars. And now it's like I've been watched all the Clone Wars series. I've watched Rebels. I, you know, I get into Bad Batch is now a thing, Mandalorian. I've got my Ahsoka shelf up here. I've got my Mandalorian figure. I've got 19 million Star Wars shirts. It's just it's just one of those things that I always, I love those nerdy fandoms where all these films creates a bigger universe. So it's not just the movies, it's the comics, the TV shows, the books. It's such a wide expanded universe. And every single day I feel like I'm learning more about Star Wars lore. And that keeps me excited. I feel like there's something new every day and even with Bad Batch we're learning about stuff in timelines that we've never experienced before so it's I like Star Wars a lot it makes me very happy (laughs) (laughs) that's like a great answer because that's why we should be watching movies because they make us happy yes exactly I am down for that All right, guys. So Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, came out in 2005, May 19th of 2005 to be exact. I was a junior in high school, living the dream. This one was also directed by George Lucas, so he handled the entire prequel trilogy. And our synopsis, according to IMDb, is three years into the Clone Wars, the Jedi rescue Palpatine from Count Dooku. As Obi-Wan pursues a new threat, Anakin acts as a double agent between the Jedi Council and Palpatine and is lured into a sinister plan to rule the galaxy. Mean. Pretty solid synopsis. (laughs) Can't argue with that. (laughs) Every now and then IMDb like hits the nail on the head and other times they are just like, yeah, that's not really what happened in the movie. So this is like a general overview. I think they're missing out on some key points. 
Oh yeah, but it's like a synopsis without like any spoilers. Right. They're really not giving anything away. I know last week we started off like really positive. I wanted to wait until the very end to crap all over the romance. And I feel like I would like to kind of do the opposite this time. And I feel like maybe we should I have a few complaints about this movie Pro before it. we get into the positives. <laughs> One is I am now thoroughly convinced that Hayden Christensen is not a good actor. And I feel that this entire prequel trilogy would have been better had he and Natalie Portman not been in it and someone else was cast in their place because I My just feel right like now. they did an awful job and listening to them speak to each other was the cringiest shit I've ever heard. I didn't write down the exact quote but I will reenact it to you. When uh, Anakin finds out that he's not a master but he's in the Jedi Council, I believe he says this is outrageous. This is unfair. And he says it pretty much just like that and I was like is it outrageous? Like, are you mad, bro? Because you don't seem mad. I, like, this is ridiculous. I kind of have a counterpoint to that. Kind of two counterpoints to that, where I totally understand, like, the acting is not the best, but I don't think that's Hayden's fault. I kind of think it's George's direction of Hayden, because mm-hmm. there's actually behind-the-scenes stuff where Hayden actually gives really emotional performances, and George goes, okay, tone it down a lot. Because, you know, a Jedi is not supposed to show emotion. So 90% of his lines are very emotionless and we don't get any real emotion from him until he is burning in a lava field on Mustafar. And then you get a lot of emotion. Then we get a lot. (laughs) So what I'm thinking is probably what his direction was from George was, you're going to say these emotional lines, but you're going to say I'm unemotional. (laughs) Like it's like Sam with emotion, but without emotion. Make, but that's make, the whole point. Like though. that's what he's gonna. But I literally think that's probably what he instructed. And that's what Hayden does. He has so much emotion without having any emotion. He's, but that's the whole point of Anakin is that Anakin has emotion, which is why he's a shitty Jedi. Like that's why they're all like, "You're not but, the chosen one. Like you're not really good enough to be a Jedi yeah. because you have emotion." Is the whole freaking point of the whole prequels? <laughs> it's a struggle. He's trying to hide it, but also kind of showing it at the same time and it's like I I don't think it's Hayden's fault I think it's a really bad direction a really bad direction from George Lucas people can come at me in my DMs for saying that I really don't care and then also the script and the dialogue is not you know gonna win the next Oscar for best screenplay anytime soon like it's kind of terrible so I don't blame Hayden for the cringiness really but that's just my own opinion (laughs) yeah i feel like that's just like my biggest complaint is like just the dialogue and like the moments between anakin and padme like especially in the beginning like oh you're so beautiful because i love you like what are you blind and i'm like and then i'm like i look at anthony because i watch all the movies with him and i'm almost like Dude, are we that corny? Because then I'm like, shit, have we done stuff like that? <laughs> the, I'm like, the script is definitely like incel, neckbeard, milady <laughs> type of like things a guy would say to a girl. So at least it's not as bad as Attack of the Clones dialogue because I think oh, yeah. that's far worse. It's a little bit better in this one, but... Well, I'm convinced that George Lucas doesn't know how to talk to a woman, but there also were just, like, less scenes that involved Natalie Portman, so maybe that's why it seemed not as awful, because she just wasn't in it as much. Like, she literally just collected a paycheck. Good for you, girl. (laughs) She put on some fancy costumes and bounced. She said bye. (laughs) 
Yeah, but I mean, other than that, maybe some of the CGI I could have done without, but other than that, I don't have any real complaints about this movie. I actually thoroughly enjoyed this movie a lot. I think it tied together. I think it did what it was supposed to do. I think it tied together the first two movies really well, and I think it tied together what was going to become. Now, I do have one other complaint, and actually, I can't decide how I feel about it. Maybe you guys can give me your opinion. throw it at me. We get the ending where we have the huge lightsaber fight where you have Obi-Wan and Anakin and then you have Yoda and Palpatine and I was like the thing that's annoying about it is seeing the original trilogy you know all of those people live Mm -hmm. so it's like you're watching these epic lightsaber fights when there's no stakes because you're not watching it being like who's going to make it out of here but at the same time it was also interesting because I knew what was happening I knew what was eventually going to happen and to kind of see how that went in like you knew that Anakin at some point needed to look messed up because and why he's in the Darth Vader suit you need to know why Yoda is all by himself. You needed to know how the twins, I mean, were we going to see the twins be born and who was going to decide to separate them? So like, that was kind of cool. Cause at first I was like, oh, this is kind of lame. Cause I know that they all make it out alive. Yeah. But you still got like some sort of resolution to it. So I don't know. I guess just I mean, you saw the prequels first, right? Before yeah, you I, did. It. I did. So do you feel um, like that took away from anything or enhanced your experience? I, I don't think it really took away anything. I think for me, it made me appreciate the original trilogy more because you really get to see like why Obi-Wan now acts a certain way in the original series. You see why like Yoda feels the need to literally isolate himself because he fails. He straight up just fails, you know, and he's like, we failed the Jedi. And so you kind of see the reasoning why the greatest Jedi master of all time and Yoda is literally just chilling by himself, like in a deserted planet. For me, it's like, yeah, we know, we know who lives and dies, but it also gives more depth to the original trilogy, I think. Aaron, any opinions? I mean, it's just kind of like one of the inherent problems with when you do a prequel that involves like stakes or like, it didn't really bother me, not originally. And with, I mean, originally when I saw this, I saw this in theaters, I remember it made everybody so excited for Sith because of how little was answered in the first two prequel movies, like of what we were expecting. Like this one has the most of those answers to like, questions or like getting us to where we are in the original trilogy which is i think why overall it's like the most accepted of the prequel trilogy like of the three i just think it you know gives us the most like original like i said kind of original star wars like I didn't really have that as a problem, I guess, to answer your question. Like for me, it still worked for me. And I think that the context we get, it's interesting that if I would have saw these first, how it would have enhanced the trilogy. Yeah, for me, it didn't didn't hold back from it. But anytime you get prequels with this kind of stuff, that's inherently part of the problem is like, oh, we haven't seen that person. That person's not going to make it. Mace Windu, which that was my problem with the movie. That was my problem with the movie. That we lose Samuel L. Jackson no more. No more. Like that? Like that? Like I know. And the, yeah, there's definitely a, not even just Sam Jackson, like the four, like, oh my God, I'm Kit, like Kit Fisto and the four Jedi that literally go to capture Sidious all basically just get wrecked and not even in really like a glorious way. Like, no. Right. People are literally shot in the back. They're yeah. Not- 
Yeah, like the other ones who get killed during Order 66, I get it because they were ambushed. So like they can't really fight back. But these four Jedi literally went in knowing they were going to have a fight with this dude. And it wasn't the most glorifying death. <laughs> I guess I guess they had to die very unceremoniously so people yeah. in the original trilogy wouldn't bring them up since they were never brought up by anybody. I mean, <laughs> so I, yeah. Like, like, yeah I guess we have to like make them forgettable at the end so like people like Oops. don't bring them up. It's like Obi-Wan, Anakin, and then fuck everybody else. Like, yeah. Whatever. Mace Windu, like, whatever. He died like a loser. Who? It's like, who? Yeah, Mace Windu? Like, do you remember died. how he died? He's a like, lame. Oh it's like when someone gets canceled at the end of their career. Ain't it? If you die unceremoniously in the Star Wars galaxies, like, we're just going to forget about you all together. Justice, for, justice for Mace Windu, man. Justice yeah. for Mace Windu. Seriously. That was my problem with the movie. <laughs> all right. I have a question. Yes. Oh, is there some significance into everybody's hands getting chopped off in all these movies? Well, I think it's just a George Lucas thing. It's one of those things that kind of connects Anakin loses his hand because Luke loses his hand. It's one of those like kind of weird quote unquote Easter egg things that kind of it's, oh, it's, yeah for me it's kind of similar to like I have a bad feeling about this like it's just one of those like things that is always there someone loses an appendage yeah, <laughs> like people are just losing hands literally yeah. left and right literally <laughs> which one's it gonna be you never know but one of them's going yeah the poor count guy in the beginning lost both of them count Dooku so. oh yeah, yeah he Dooku, loses yeah. he loses multiple appendages. I mean, yeah. multiple people in this film lose multiple appendages, to be fair. Lots of appendages are missing. Yeah, and I feel like people just need to do a better job overall of just holding onto their lightsabers. I feel like, I mean, I understand you drop it when your hand gets chopped off, but I just feel like there's it a happens. lot of, yeah, you just drop it anyway. Overall, this was super fun. Like, it opened mm -hmm. up super fun. You're, like, mm -hmm. right in the action. You got Obi-Wan and Anakin are already, like, in a fight in their jets, and they're fighting the clone people. More the things. droids. The droids, droids, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, it was like, wow, you just open right up right into the action which i think is a nice change of pace because sometimes it's a little slow in the beginning so they just suck you right in that also might be a little sign of the times when this movie came out as you know people's attention spans just got shorter and shorter as time yeah. goes on so you need to suck us right in and then you know what i know i do it every time but i'm gonna keep giving love to r2 always saving the day always leaders lighting bitches on fire like just three murdering people <laughs> <laughs> straight up murdering people. R2-D2 just straight up slaughtering folks. Just, and I'm here a, for it. He's a sassy-ass droid, and he does not care. If you are in his way, you are going to get gasolined and flamed, and you're just not in for a good time. And R2-D2 doesn't care. So it seems like they downgraded R2-D2 from Revenge of the Sith to... <laughs> he's I, I, definitely... I, I, like it seems like he like he went through several downgrades. Like yeah, seriously, he, like he, he was old. He gets older. Yeah, he gets older. He gets older as the movies. He's lived his good old days in Revenge like, of the Sith. I mean, definitely. I'm thinking about the ways yeah. he could have gotten them out of the net from like Return of the Jedi, Return. for example, where he uses like a can opener, like little like blade <laughs> thing that was like janky. Yep. If it was this time, if they were stuck in a net in this, he would just light the net on fire and yeah, be like, just, "Good luck, guys." Yeah, <laughs> like, he's just like dissolve the net. Like it's just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> really, like, I don't think he ever had a pizza cutter on him back in this day. No? Like, the pizza cutter must have gotten added in, like, his later years. You know, <laughs> things calm down. He doesn't need to kill people as much. He needs to serve oh. food. Like, it's like <laughs> switch out, like, the vaporizer for a pizza cutter. <laughs> you're in your 20s, you're like, woohoo, I'm wild. And then you, like, calm down as you get older. So that's him. Like, I no longer need, like, my electrocution. No, yeah. I just have to cut some pizza every now and then. Like, R2's, R2's, R2's R2 is incredible. It truly mm -hmm. is incredible. Like Yoda, he doesn't need these weapons he had in the prequels. Yoda had his lightsaber. By Empire, he doesn't even need it. He doesn't need a weapon or his, no. you know, acrobatics. And R2 saw that and he's like, I don't need my vaporizer anymore. I need a pizza cutter. Either it one. always makes me happy, though, when, like, R2 is in distress and he's just like, <laughs> one of my favorite Star Wars sounds is the, the sound of R2 just going, yeah. like, just like yeah. his little scream is my yeah. just so, zipping by. I remember in one of the prequels, at least, there was an R4 unit. Does R4 turn up anymore? Because I remember they like said R4, I believe, in uh, Attack of the Clones. I then... believe, I mean, I, I'm not like a Alex Damon or a Thomas Harper, but I believe there's a couple R4 units in like the animated series. Oh, okay. Um, what does I, R stand for something? Does R yes. and D stand for? Uh, yes, and it if does. You don't know that's okay. It does. Okay, I was just curious. It does. I just. In I think it does. If I had to guess, I, I would think it's robot and droid. Would robot be. two, two robot droid furious. <laughs> I'm more of a fan than an expert. So. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's, a, that's a question I'm going to ask to the rest of the experts and see if anybody there actually you go. <laughs> like that. Yeah. We're going to call sure. everybody that's been here already. Really. <laughs> Thomas Pride just messaged me. He's like, you were talking about R2 units. It's a reconnaissance. It's a reconnaissance. I don't do it, Thomas Harper. Sorry. And then we, unfortunately, after like an epic opening, we see Anakin and Padme together. And she brings the news. And he was so joyous, wasn't he, guys? The I don't, oh. even, I don't even think he cracked a smile. Over this is great news over finding out that you're going to be a father with your secret marriage that like, P.S. bro, Literally everyone knows about. Right, <laughs> right. Side note to everyone out there, secret relationships, everyone knows about it. Yeah, you can't flirt with this girl. Tell everyone that you're obsessed with her for two movies and then right? be like shocked when people are like, oh my God, you know we're married. Yeah. What? How did you know? Like, what do you think? She's a senator. Anakin, right? I can't be married. I'm a senator, Anakin. Yeah, I can't be married. I'm a senator. What were we talking about? What's another good? I mean, we we got to see Wookies. We got to see the Wookies in this episode. Oh, we did. I was so excited because I wasn't really into Chewbacca when I first met him, but oh. I was really excited to see him in this. I literally was like, Chewie, you're back, Chewbacca, so good. <laughs> I'm and so sorry. many, not even just Chewbacca. We get Tarful and we get so many other Wookiees. It's, we love Kashyyyk in this household. Kashyyyk is where it's at. I appreciate not all of the Wookiees were CGI, that the OGs, yes. mean people, were actual practical effects. Yes. Thank God. Because I right. feel like that's a lot of what these prequels are missing. Like it is kind of lame that Yoda is yeah. all CGI now and like part of R2 D2. Even the clones, the clones enlist Tamora Morrison has his helmet off. They are all CGI'd. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's an actual stand in of a clone. 
in full armor. I think they're all CGI'd, which is kind of lame. Which right. is, I feel like George Lucas thought that was such a brilliant decision to make all the clones. Well, back the then it was this new technology. Yeah. And so they were like using it literally any chance they right. could, which was 98% of the film. Like if you see like the behind the scenes stuff, it's like there's just blue screens just yeah. everywhere. And it's it was kind of every movie at that point. There was like no yeah. crowd where it wasn't like that CGI. Like yeah smoothed over it was so new we all thought it was like this amazing ageless technology that now doesn't, it's like doesn't age well no when you yeah. see a movie from this time period where it's an actual crowd it really does stand out where it's like oh they yeah. actually put people There's in people. the crowd yeah. yeah it's like this i do think that george lucas just overall was very lucky of when this prequel was released in terms of the internet because i just yeah. am not sure he would have made it through all three movies getting to direct and write them all with the material that we yeah. are getting so Choices were made. Choices were definitely made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think, like, overall, like, his vision was was real. I think this movie was almost like his apology. Like, his vision was realized, and he did a nice job yeah. connecting. Because I don't know if he really knew where he was going, but he found a way to make it work. I mean, he didn't know where he was going with the original trilogy either. Like, Luke and Leia weren't supposed to be related no. until, right. like, later. Oh, trust me, we went through all of that. That was a whole lot to deal with. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, I think he just tried to make kind of this lightning strike twice of like coming up with it as it was going. Yeah. Type of thing. And really it seemed to me it felt like Revenge of the Sith is why he made the prequel mm -hmm. to show how Darth Vader was made. And we yeah. finally like kind of rushed to the end of it being made. But like, mm -hmm. it's like we get the legend of Mustafar and like, you know, it's just like that yeah. scene was really iconic. The higher yeah. grand scene. I mean, I think it's one of the five or 10 Star Wars lines of all time. Oh, yeah. I have the higher ground. And, and it's just like, I which, you know, yep. I mean, that is so great. That line, even though. In Phantom Menace, he did not have the higher ground against Darth Maul, and that really did not stop him at all from unceremoniously killing Darth Maul, which, again, should have never happened. Darth Maul should have been the main bad guy for all three of these movies. I'm not a General Grievous guy. I really am not a General Grievous uh, Gre guy. I like Grievous. I think Grievous is, if you ever dig into Grievous's backstory, like, like before the Clone Wars story, it's very, he's got a very interesting backstory. I, I love me some Grievous. I just love Darth Maul and Darth the, Maul's great. If you like Darth Maul, highly recommend checking out the animated series. Highly, right. highly recommend it. I just think that Grievous had four lightsabers. Pretty, pretty <laughs> awesome. And he got them because he killed some Jedi. Right. And my only complaint about that is I wish his lightsabers were different colors because when he was fighting Obi Wan, sometimes I was like, I don't know. They all have the same freaking color. So I was like, yeah. who's doing what? And it was like a whole lot of brightness yeah. on my screen. And I was like, what is happening here? To be fair, during the original and, and the prequel trilogy, all they had was blue and green and purple. Mace Windu's purple was this like super special ridiculous like oh my god there's a purple lightsaber like it was the red the blue the green and then out of nowhere this purple lightsaber so i feel like that was samuel L. jackson's like it was in his rider where he's just like give me a fucking purple it lightsaber motherfucker. He, asked, he asked george lucas if he could have a purple lightsaber because he wanted to be seen in like any of the big jedi fight scenes he wanted to be able oh. to point himself out Right. So because otherwise it would have been hard to point out Samuel L. Jackson because he looks yes. like so many of the other Jedi. He looks 
just, just like Anakin. There's so just many like, Jedi. <laughs> well, when so there's many. 50 of them in Geonosis and Attack of the Clones, it's hard to yeah. put in point anybody. Yeah, and just like listening to some interviews with Samuel L. Jackson, it's very clear he didn't exactly understand Star Wars. So like, because like when he's talking about why it's so great, he's like, all these guys are getting jacked by lightsabers. That's a big star. Like, literal quote. He's like, I getting, love. And like, justice for Mace Windu, damn it. Absolutely. Justice yeah. for Mace Windu. Still oh, makes me yell every time I see that. Like, I hated it when it happened. <laughs> I still hate how that happened. I just justice think. Justice for Mace Windu. I can't imagine Sam was happy on set that day when he found out how he was being written out of the Star Wars. He was Wars actually movie. very excited about it because he did his own stunts. Oh. <laughs> so there's literally like him like being shot like and like falling into this huge mat he did his <laughs> for that scene yeah it's pretty well, great highly for him highly that's recommend watching him. <laughs> oh nice yeah we'll have to do a behind the scenes star wars you'll have to they're fun all the, all the extra stuff but it seems to me like the big plot of this was that Anakin now has to basically make the choice because he's essentially now being played as a double agent. They are both using him. Palpatine's mm -hmm. using him. The Jedi are using him. And he has to make the choice, which we all knew which choice he was going to make. Yes. I personally feel like Lucas told the story that needed to be told of why Anakin was like this. I really enjoyed seeing him as a young boy in Phantom Menace. I know you're not a fan, Aaron, of Jake Floyd, but I think I it's... love it's, Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's, he's so cute, but you see this cute little kid and you know what he's eventually going to become so you have to know why and they've hinted in all of the prequels about his emotions about his fear about his anger about how he lets it get the best of him his mother dies he's afraid the woman he loves is going to die and then it starts to become this like act of desperation he's not really getting what he wants out of the Jedi and part of that might just be his personality of being a spoiled brat but like you see all of these things start to add up and then it's like it makes sense to me why he's going dark and I think the wanting to save Padme is a big part of that i mean yeah. i would do i would think i would do anything to save anthony even if it was bad oh yeah when he's like i'll do anything to save a the mother of my unborn child b right. the woman i've loved like the only woman i've ever loved other than my mother like what's he gonna do now nah, i'm just gonna i've had all these dreams of her dying and i'm just gonna no, like, I think any sane human being would be like, no, I'm going to do what I need to to save the person I love, even if it might not be the best option, but... And I think he knew he was capable. I think he could feel yeah. that he could also. Like, I think he felt that he knew that his powers could go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My yeah, only so complaint... Though was like Palpatine was like, yeah, I'm, only one person knows how to do this, and it's only been done like one time before. But like together, like hopefully we can figure it out. And I was like, bitch, are you not? Are you telling the truth? Like, are you just pulling this dude's leg? That's, that's the thing. You never know with Palpatine. Right. But you have no idea. And then Anakin's response to that is like, I pledge my allegiance to you. And I would have been like, I feel like the response to that would be is like, motherfucker, can you do this or not? Like. <laughs> <laughs> but like we said, Anakin is controlled by his emotions. He's not really right. critically thinking, you know, he's just straight up betraying the people who raised him, essentially. But he, all his only thought is, I need to save Padme. And so he's, his critical thinking skills aren't exactly the best, right, at, at this particular moment. But he trusted uh, Palpatine for so long because he was Padme's essentially like advisor. And so he trusted him and he 
went to the dark side. And first he was like, no, nah, bro, I don't know. I'm going to take you in. But, oh, you can save my baby mama? Oh, well, let's talk about this. Like, <laughs> I mean, for a while, he thought that Palpatine and the Jedi were on the same side. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like he had reason to, you know, suspect him until he figured out that, okay, you are the Sith Lord. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if I should be working with this. And then, obviously, Palpatine knew, well, I could play off of this and I can use yeah. your fears against you. Mm -hmm. Aaron, anything, darling? In, in a way, you know, the Jedi Council or whatever order could basically argue afterwards and be like, this is exactly why we don't have fucking emotions right here. Because, like, <laughs> this was the one. And he threw it all away because he would rather not live in a world without Padme mm -hmm. than follow the orders. Then, like, he'd betray everything for his love. This is why love corrupts all. Like, this is why we don't take wives. This is why we don't talk to girls. This is why we only, boys only, just girls get us all clouded. And like, just like, you know, I just think this is part of the Sith using kind of emotion to their advantage, knowing that the other side refuses to use it in a way. Right. I mean, when one side's willing to use emotional manipulation, the other side isn't. The side that's yeah. willing to use it is going to get ahead. And it's the whole Anakin turning to Darth Vader thing. There's so many heartbreaking kind of realizations to that moment that I've thought about because I dive into the lore of just this timeline and there's so many instances where he could have avoided pretty much all of this like I think if Qui-Gon had not been killed by Maul because he was supposed to be Anakin's master I think right. if Qui-Gon had not died because Qui-Gon was kind of the pre super emotionless Jedi order he was still kind of like it's okay to show emotion as long as you like don't make bad choices so I think if Qui-Gon had still been alive Anakin never would have turned to the dark side because I think Qui-Gon would have totally been cool with Anakin and Padme because there's nothing really that says you can't like love somebody it's this weird thing when it comes to the jedi order and then also padme pretty much kept him from quitting being a jedi because he was like i'm just gonna leave the jedi order and she was like no you can't and it's like he can though padme like he can just straight up leave the order no she saw the original trilogy though she's like, it's <laughs> she's like you can't you can't go <laughs> like we're trapped in a movie universe here anakin it's so, very complicated right. it's like so there's just so many instances, especially when you watch the prequel trilogy, so many instances where this could have changed so much. This moment, if you did this differently, could have changed so much. And it's it's just, it's really heartbreaking and tragic. Also beautiful at the same time. But. Right, because you also know that he doesn't completely lose himself into the darkness. Exactly. He knows it. We see it later in the original trilogy. Luke mm -hmm. sees it in his father. I think it would have made you almost feel better about it if he l pretty much lost all of his humanity and just truly was evil. Yeah. But the fact that he kept having glimmers of goodness in him, it just makes it so sad. And like yeah. and mostly everything, he, all the bad things he did were just motivated by how much he loved someone and how hurt yeah. he was because of that. Yeah, and yeah. like even when we get to the original in New Hope, it's Peter Cushing's character, I'm forgetting his name, the Admiral who really makes the call to like blow up the planet and then kind of just pin it on to Darth Vader as it being his decision. So it's mm -hmm. like, there's like little hints of it if you really look for it. He's not really making these catastrophic, horrible decisions. He's just being a part of it, but like he's not the one at the forefront of it. And it's to make a little fly reference, it's like that shred of humanity is there right yeah. to the very end when he's able to throw away the emperor. So it's like and he's merging with this machine, but there's still that part of Anakin from before yeah. Mustafar, before he turned to the Sith dark side. And it's not at all to give freaking Anakin a pass. Cause dude straight up murders children. 
Yeah. So, like, not at all giving him a pass in the slightest. He's definitely not the best dude on the block. Like, he straight up just murders kids because mm-hmm. he thinks the Jedi are evil. So he, he's been brainwashed 100%, you know? He's completely been brainwashed by Palpatine, and his hunger for power has taken over him, and he just... Mm-hmm absolutely terrifying horrific things but it, it's like i said it's it's a heartbreaking story how he's still human and he does all he can because he wants to save someone he loves and then she dies and then there's nothing worth living for but he still lives on and heartbreaking but yeah no I he's mean, still very horrific because he straight up kills young i feel like we should also touch on that his motivation this whole movie was to save her and he winds mm-hmm. up being the reason she dies because he chokes 100%. her too much Mm-hmm. Well, there's actually a lot of debate on how she actually dies. Because when she's giving birth, the droid straight up tells Obi-Wan and Yoda, like, physically, there's nothing wrong with her. Right. Physically, she's totally fine. She's just dying and we don't know why. So there's a lot of theories because it's never, I don't think it's ever actually confirmed, like, what kills her. So mm-hmm. it's it's people, oh, well, he choked her too hard. It's a broken heart, which I think is the most Oh, yeah, she bull- lost her will to live. Most bullshit freaking yeah. excuse. My personal belief is I think Palpatine has something to do with her death. Because he's 100% the one putting it into Anakin's head, giving him the visions the of her dying. And he knows that his love for her, if she says, you can't do this, he's going to say, okay you know right and he's also the one that told anakin that he killed her yeah exactly he said my personal belief is palpatine has something to do with her death i don't think it's ever been like proven but the whole theory a whole broken heart i don't know that seems like george lucas's mo right there because there actually there actually is a heart condition known as broken heart syndrome like so i feel like george lucas read that in like a reader's digest or something but it's like like, it's like you're literally you're giving birth to a child and you don't have the will to survive for for that child. Like, I George don't know. George Lucas has a lot of weird stuff with his daughter, an MMA fighter now, and he refuses to give her any of the money from the Star Wars movies. Like, he's put that in his will. Like, none of the money from... And she's like, yeah. So maybe he was just exercising some of his own demons. And <laughs> I don't know. I, that's my own personal thought about Padme's ultimate yeah, death. I, I, I do think Palpatine had something that would make sense with yeah. Palpatine viewing yeah. her as like the ultimate obstacle to his yeah. goal. Because then he has complete control of Vader. Like nothing is holding Vader back at this point. And so that, that's my own thought. I like that. I mean, and I just feel like pretty much once we find out that Palpatine is the Sith Lord, like the movie just takes off. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really does. I think it started off really exciting. It got a little slow. You know, it needed to tell the story. It needed to tell. Mm-hmm. It needed to set it up. And then it's just like shit is going down. Yeah. You know, or the Jedi's like, no, we have to go after him. And then Palpatine is, you know, we kind of got the idea in Attack of the Clones that Palpatine was secretly in charge of the clone army the whole time. That obviously gets confirmed when he's like, you know, execute Order 66 and they just start murdering all the Jedi. And you're like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. I was like, I knew those guys looked like stormtroopers and they're the bad guys. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. I knew it. I saw it. Yeah. I Any, it's When I try to explain this to people, they think I'm super weird, but Star Wars fans get it anything that has to do with the timeline of order 66 is super interesting to me because order 66 is really this it kind of shifts the entire star wars universe on its head and every changes in the universe at that moment and so anything where order 66 is mentioned or involved in is super freaking fascinating to me oh so we see it at at another time i can neither confirm nor deny 
like there's some stuff about order 66 we don't know like mm -hmm. there's timelines after it that we don't know about like it's it's still this whole kind of unknown piece of star wars because there's in, in like in the mainstream media so anything that has to do with it i'm just like yes so i think that's why revenge of the sith is one of my favorites it's just because it literally flips everything on its head like yes there's a huge war with the clones and the droid army but now all the jedi are gone except like a very small handful and that just completely shifts everything and now the, this evil empire is taking control of basically the entirety of the universe so yeah it's very very fascinating oh, that is interesting Oh, I'm excited to see if we get that again. Not that I want like mass people to die again, but it was kind of cool just to like, but like to see it to be like, okay, you secretly planted this basically yeah. like two movies ago mm -hmm. and it's finally coming to fruition and it did change everything. It's like, okay, because we have to know like why these people went from the Republic to now this empire. Mm -hmm. I mean, I found it really interesting in the Senate where he's making his speech and Padme was like, oh, so this is how democracy dies in like a thunderous applause. And I was like, ooh, that's telling. Like, mm -hmm. that was a line. You know, I feel like sometimes we live that, yep. unfortunately, but it's like, yep. but it shows you what happens when somebody gets ultimate power and people just eat it up. I mean, we literally lived that for four years when somebody gets that kind of power and people yep. just like become crazy obsessed with it and they yep. don't see any flaws in somebody having power like that. Yeah, it's crazy what having power can do. And just how quickly people can turn. And you might think like, oh, that's not realistic. But I think yeah. it really is. Oh, 100%. Like, and I think they play that very well when it comes to the prequel trilogy. Because Phantom Menace Anakin is this cute, freaking adorable kid. And all he wants to do is pod race. And he's excited to go on like a, a spaceship. He's like, you're taking me on your ship? And he's super freaking excited. And he's this cute little adorable thing. And then the instant he gets any glimmer of power, that kid's gone. He's literally not Anakin Skywalker anymore. All the old man Obi-Wan in A New Hope, your father died. Your father, right. Anakin Skywalker, is dead. Technically. <laughs> I mean, because he is. Anakin Skywalker is dead. He is no right. more. He is now Darth Vader. So it's, what power I, can do to a man is scary. Yeah, I do think just as much as I like movies taking their time or kind of slowly developing, I wish that we got to these points in the Sith in those other prequels a little bit quicker in some ways mm -hmm. just because it just again like this is the one where i feel like okay now i understand why george lucas thought a little bit he could do like political philosophy because there yeah. are a couple nuggets of wisdom here amongst the bullshit sandwich that is the rest of like, i mean so that's basically what star wars is it's a political story like yeah. set in space <laughs> when the focus was so heavily the center stage at points in the first two prequels, it didn't work as well as in this one, I guess. So yeah. maybe it's a little bit easier when you see it all going into chaos. Yeah. And it's a little more of an entertainment. Straight up chaos. Like with our own political system, it's a little more fun to watch. Like I didn't even know we had a president for the last 10 months because I don't know his Twitter handle. Right? I don't tweets every day. Like he just does it's shit. Nice. It's not entertaining though. It's not as entertaining, but it is nice. It's, it's nice. nice. <laughs> oh man, what a what a great country we live in, <laughs> America. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about because we kind of touched on a little uh, bit of everything. Uh, the lightsaber scene on Mustafar. Yeah, we, let's just go to Mustafar. Oh, when they're just like all in the lava and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, theme park ride with uh, <laughs> lightsabers. God, and what 
This is my favorite lightsaber fight in all of Star Wars for me. And it's 100% Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor. No CGI. They are never CGI'd during this fight. That's 100% them. It's not sped up. It's yeah. nothing. That is them straight up doing hours upon hours upon hours of training and choreography to get this masterful lightsaber fight. And it's glorious. It's so, so much good. at stake. There's yeah. never, like, there's it's so nothing. much at stake. And I do remember seeing this in theaters and I can remember the energy in the entire theater watching this scene. Cause we all knew like, when does he have what happens to him to become Darth Vader? We've been in this movie theater for two hours, almost two and a half hours at this point. This isn't a three hour movie. Like this is the scene. What, oh, is he get like, how does it happen? How does it happen? Cause we didn't have the high ground as Anakin before this happened. <laughs> like we didn't know any of this. So it's mm -hmm. like every single strike, it was like, when does this happen? And not at any point have I thought about it when I watched the first time around rewatches was I like, Obi-Wan lives, Anakin doesn't. Like this is intermittent. There was no drama that was taken away from that. It was increased because you knew the inevitability that the prequel trilogy was leading up to. We're yeah. finally at the final battle. Like right. you knew it's, this was it's a hundred percent straight up excited anticipation waiting for the moment that he officially becomes Darth Vader. Like, I mean, when you see the helmet just come I, in, it still gives on. me chills. It still gives me chills. Yeah. Just hearing like the vacuum of the helmet yep. and his first iconic breath as Darth Vader, it still gives me chills. Like it's just such a, and as much as we make fun of Hayden's moment. acting, when he's crawling in this bald, burnt suit. It's like, so good. Those yells were so over the top. But it's like, finally, like, right. yeah. uh, the, uh, I, the I hate you. Like, I hate you. Yeah, like, yeah, it's all so of it. It's like, you are burning alive. Like, this is a time for the overacting, Annie. Let's go. Yeah. Like, it's like, as graphic as I can remember, really, any of these movies getting, besides maybe, like, chopping open that llama in Empire Strikes Back. Did That's you call so it a Tauntaun a llama? Yeah, it so <laughs> grosses me out. Oh, God, I hate the white shit the inside the time. The back. snow llama. Oh, yeah. it's so <laughs> gross. It's so, it's like nasty-ass gelatinous. Did you know you can, get, you can get a Tauntaun hoodie? Like a zip-up hoodie, <laughs> and the, the inside of it is intestine pattern. That is disgusting. It's I want so it. gross. I want it's it so bad. Are you just telling us this because you own this? I don't. I want <laughs> it really bad, though. They used to sell it at the Disney store at Disneyland, and I wanted to get it so that's a, bad. That's a brilliant. But yeah, I think that like him burning alive, like they show all this hair singed oh, yeah. off his head. Yeah. Like, it's like, man, this is pretty brutal and like those screams are like blood curdling screams like dude's getting eaten by lava like <laughs> if, by you're not, if you're not blood curdling screaming at that point like sir so <laughs> hey props finally his overacting pays off though like yeah. yeah but i mean he also has at that point he's probably thinking he's dead he doesn't have to worry about anymore about suppressing his feelings in front of obi-wan he can finally yeah. just let it all out if the movie was rated already probably would have told him to go fuck himself like oh, that 100%. that's a really good point it was like the first time he was completely emotionally honest with obi-wan yeah. probably in his life or yeah. since he was like a tiny kid and he was like taught like not to show so that's a great point I never mm -hmm. even thought about that. I I'm, so, I'm so philosophical watching yeah, these movies now. Getting deep yeah. with it. And then I just loved how they tie it all together of like, okay, we need to make sure that nobody can find the twins because mm -hmm. they'll sense them through the force. So Yoda suggests that they get split up. And then you see, you know, like, which is like, mm -hmm. the one, we'll just take the girl. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <fuck yourself. laughs> I always wanted a girl. 
yeah, whatever. And then it was nice to bring, you know, we see them, obviously we know Lucas with his aunt and uncle, but it's the callback to meeting them in Attack of the Clones when mm-hmm. uh, Anakin meets them, which you would think like, why wouldn't Anakin go find his family members, but whatever. I guess he's well, not Anakin anymore because he's Darth Vader. He's not. And I think the reason, because people were like, why would he take Luke back to Anakin's literal home planet? Because Anakin doesn't want to go to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. A, right. he hates sand. We heard that whole monologue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. B, he wants to completely erase his entire past as Anakin. So there's no reason for him to relive it by going to Tatooine. So I think bringing Luke to Tatooine was one of the smartest ideas could possibly made. But yeah, no, I I just love this freaking movie so goddamn much. Yeah, this, it was a lot of fun, and I think it did. You gotta love when sequels like this do what they're supposed to do, where they tie things up, they give you an ending. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I think it was the perfect bridge between what they yes. were setting up with the first two prequels and then leading us into what we had already seen. Mm-hmm. One thing I do appreciate about Star Wars movies is they end. Like, yeah. all right, last scene, <laughs> boom, credits, done, directed by it's George done. Lucas, all the fucking yeah. day, get the fuck out of the theater. Yeah. And the way they end this movie, I think, is just so kind of poetic, too, because it ends the, one of the last scene, one of the last things you see is Vader and Palpatine looking at the construction of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it's Obi-Wan handing Luke to Owen and Beru. And then they look at the twin sons on Tatooine, which is very symbolic of Star Wars, is those twin sons on the Skywalker homestead. You know, look, that's where we meet Luke in when we see Luke again. You know, it's so just, and he, like we said, with the hand losing thing, a lot of very poetic things that they do mm-hmm. a lot. I, I think the way they ended this movie is just so so poetic and could they have done with the darth vader no adding that in later yeah they probably shouldn't have added that in oh i was like that was corny that's another poetic part of star wars though they add no then when they don't need to yeah add the no in when he threw the emperor over in return of the jedi too because that wasn't in the original he what he did no we talked about we talked about that for about five minutes in return of the jedi oh i could not stand that decision of a silent throw and how someone could watch that and be like, let's add no. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, yeah. But sometimes George Lucas, I'm pretty sure, is a robot. Like, <laughs> and just like <laughs> downloading like human emotions from like Bing, not even yeah. Google. Like, he's binging it. Like, he's like, oh. Also, like I said, it's I highly recommend watching the behind the scenes stuff, especially for Revenge of the Sith, because that's Hayden Christensen in the suit. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of it, Hayden Christensen fall on puts on the Darth Vader suit. He's in it for that's, like that's crazy like, forty five seconds in the film, but they do in the there's a behind the scenes thing where they show him putting the helmet on and he walks out on set and everyone like applauds because it's God, that must be you know, it's iconic one hundred percent. I I can only imagine what it's like being an actor literally putting on mm-hmm. one of the most iconic cinematic villains of all time you know you are that villain and it's mm-hmm. it's he's like i said he's in the suit for probably 45 seconds in the film and he has three lines where's padme and then no she was alive and then no and that's pretty much all he says is darth vader i mean mm-hmm. that's all james earl jones says is darth vader but right. highly recommend watching the behind the scenes of it yeah highly highly that is pretty that's yeah, it's I will cool. definitely check that out. It's I like seeing cool. how things are made anyway. So now this, I feel like I need to have some of my just other random questions answered <laughs> through that that stuff. But yeah, I just feel like there was definitely parts of this where 
I'm not a hardcore fan and even I thought was really cool. And I could just see like being in the theater as like loving Star Wars. I mean, I remember when I saw Endgame and like you saw Cap like wield Thor's hammer. I lost my shit. Oh, yeah. Lost yeah. my shit. So I could only like, so th- I, that's what I'm obsessed with. So I can only mm-hmm. imagine how people felt watching this movie being obsessed with this to see some of the stuff that went down. So yeah, for me, because like I said, I grew up not really a fan, but watching the prequel trilogy. And for me, seeing this when I got older, this film really made me invested in star wars because it makes you want to learn more about what the heck is this what's this person's backstory what stuff we don't see in the movies that i can learn about like it's definitely one of those movies where you want to learn more about the overall lore of the star wars universe that you don't see in the films and it's just so so good there's so much in it and it's so freaking good it's so good guys (laughs) it was really interesting revisiting this just to revisit kind of the feelings from when this movie came out there was such a relief when this movie was good when it Mm -hmm. came out just because the other two for a lot of people weren't uh the first one was like 75 25 i felt like people like and it was kind of later when people were like "Eh, i didn't really like that when it first came out people liked it pack of the clones i felt like no one really liked attack of the clones when it came out when it came out no one liked it still. i still don't like it yeah some people like do it. shout out to thomas and you know other people shout but like i feel like they've come around a little bit with the sith there was just a sigh of relief from mm-hmm. everybody when they saw this movie who was like kind of a star wars fan just because it was like this is the first one where it felt like it justified what it came before with the original trilogy and like from jillian's perspective since she hadn't seen them yet made her want to watch the other one so it's like mm-hmm. that right. kind of shows how it works for both sides because when this came out like a lot of people my age or like people who were like 13, 12 years old, maybe hadn't seen the original trilogy. You know, this was a lot of people's actual entry point into Star Wars. So I think that's interesting how it works for people who've seen the original trilogy or who hadn't, Jillian's case. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like Relief of the Sith should be the real title of this relief, movie. Because, relief. Yeah, just because it's like, oh, thank God this didn't suck. Like, it's the reason we got three more Star Wars movies, for sure. I think if this movie would have been, like, especially, like, Attack of the Clones and gotten the reception, I just wonder. We probably would have, but I just wonder. I really do. All right, you guys ready for some closing thoughts and some ratings? Go for it. Yes. All right. Jillian, you are last as our expert. Aaron, do you want to start us off? This has been one that I've been quieter on because of how much positivity there's been. I like to come in with the, you know, what is, what's up with this line? Or what's up with this? Are these supposed to be human dynamics here? Or what, what is this? This one didn't have as much of that. This one is a good movie. And like, it's a really solid movie. I can't quite hit it to the original trilogy level for me. But that's like an impossibly high bar. This is easily my favorite of the prequels. I won't say about the other movies yet because I don't want to tip my hand off for Christina. But for the prequels, this is my favorite. So I will be able to go above the one and a half stars that I went last week for Attack of the Clones. <laughs> solid rating, solid rating. Yeah, I, saw Thomas, yeah, right? I feel like saw Thomas's like, life exit his eyes a little bit. I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. It's like, honestly, like close to 3.75, not quite a four for me. And just mostly because of how they did my boy Mace. Justice, justice for Mace. For Mace <laughs> what the hell, dude? Like that's just not justice how you kill. For Mace. That is not how you kill off Samuel L. Jackson. We actually. need a Mace Windu Disney. If you're watching this, we need a Mace Windu series. And Samuel L. Jackson one. would sign off on that in a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Totally, totally into getting de-aged. Yeah, like, he loves 
Yeah, like he, he'd like so be game. He'd be like, yeah, yes. just call it Mace. Yeah, just call and it have, Mace. And have the rap artist Mace do the opening title. Um, yeah. I think Justice he's a reverend. Now. Yeah, not my best <laughs> idea, but three point five out of five. Three point five. All right, I will go next. I really, really, really love this movie. I feel like I was enthralled in this, and like the ending part. Once Anakin finally found out that Palpatine was the Sith Lord, I mean, I thought the movie really took off. I was really excited that Natalie Portman was barely in it. I was even more excited that she died because I can't fucking stand her. Oh my god, she sucks. I was super pumped. I only had to look at Jar Jar's stupid fucking face for like two seconds. So, <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny? Jar Jar is unironically my sister's favorite Star Wars character. Oh no. She legit loves Jar Jar Binks. Like loves him. I hate him so much. I hate him even more in Attack of the Clones, I'll be honest. When his for his very short scene, when the way he walks off after being like crowned the new senator, he has this like proud, like he did something. I'm like, you didn't do shit, bro. You didn't do shit. Have you read the fan theories that he's actually a Sith Lord? I've heard. I've heard. No, he's not. Look into look at their Read oh that. dear god, Aaron loves a good theory. The Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord theories are like straight fire. I only like theories when I come up with them though. I don't like when oh other people god. steal my theory shine. Sorry, Christina, back to your reading. Sorry, sorry, Jar Jar. Fine, guys. It's fine. It's fine. I loved this movie. I loved the action in it. I literally am only knocking it because I just hate the love story. I hate their chemistry together. I think that their <laughs> casting was horrendous. So I'm going to give this a four out of five. I thought this was a great movie. I think it did what it needed to do. It tied together the prequels and it tied together going into the original trilogy. And I think had Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman been casted by people that actually had talent, this movie would have been a five the prequels would have been better overall jillian you're up girl oh my god poor hayden and natalie portman good lord she's an academy award-winning actress thank you yeah well you know what there are a lot of people that was nicholas cage let's talk about that fair valid Valid. hey he's great in national treasure anyway um for me this is my favorite Star Wars film out of all Star Wars films and I still understand that it does has uh, some problems it's it's a little the dialogue like I said choices were made in the making of the prequels choices were made but still for me this is a this is a 4.75 out of 5 stars for me it's I love all the different story directions that this goes and it really ties the pr- episode one and two with episodes four, five, six. It ties it all in absolutely beautifully. And this is like the, I could literally watch Revenge of the Sith all day long and not <laughs> complain about it. Like when I have to help Sean study for Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith Day. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's Revenge of the Sith Day. Like It's a good day in the household. It's a yeah. good day when it's Revenge of the Sith Day. It's, <laughs> it's just so good. The lightsaber scene I can watch on repeat over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. It's just a thing of beauty, and I can never stop praising the graces of episode three, Revenge of the Sith. It's so so good. Well, so that's good. awesome. That puts us at an overall ranking of a 4.08. So, Ooh. leave it at a four. So, overall ranking of a four, which I think is our best one out of the prequels. 
It's not our best one overall, obviously. The OG what's trilogy. What's the best one overall that you guys have? What's the What's the best overall? It was, it was Return of the Jedi. I'm Return sure. of the Jedi. Return we all the Jedi. Love okay, that. that's my favorite of the of the. Zach, Zach gave it a six out of five. Yeah, uh, okay, of course. Right did. There. Of <laughs> course was, he did. Yeah, Zach was being positive for once, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That guy's a sweetheart. But Zach's I think was like, yeah. Zach is always positive. I know. Yeah, I was like, when is Zach not positive? I was, that's why I made the joke. I thought it was like. So obviously a joke. Zach is negative. I think this would be fourth on our rankings. I think all four of the original trilogy got 4.25 or higher. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Right. But this is where I'd rank it as well. So, I mean, that's what's important, right? Where I'd rank it. Is exactly. where <laughs> it is this podcast, especially this one, is all about you. Oh, good, good. I was getting nervous. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, so ex- I'm so excited to see your thoughts on the upcoming films. I'm, I feel like all the rest of the Star Wars films are wow. very divisive when it comes to Star Wars fans, but I am very curious to see what it's like seeing it from completely fresh eyes watching. Mm-hmm everything brand new i'm very excited to see your thoughts i have no idea what to expect from christina i don't know if she's gonna like these new movies i don't know if she she doesn't care about what the consensus is though like i can good, tell you good you shouldn't you should she's, she's rated blade runner a one out of five like she's like does not like care about what you're supposed to say about movies no and, don't it's your own yeah. it's your own opinion don't absolutely give a that's why I, I, think. if you love attack of the clones you praise your love for attack of the i clones. gave it a 3.5 it didn't really yes. bother me i have a question are you gonna watch the the clone wars film the animated clone wars film i was told i don't have to by multiple people so I, not for the podcast, but maybe okay. in my lifetime. Okay, I would say if you d- if you dive into like the series later on, I mean, you, get, you really don't even have to watch the film. But I, I recommend watching the film. Man, it's you really good. you really cold sold that one at the end. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, you, know, you really don't have to. But <laughs> you, you made that official that I will not be watching the. Club you should watch it. You should watch it once just to say that. You watched it. I like it better than Attack of the Clones. I will say that. I'll check it out. But if you guys are curious to hear what I have to say about the upcoming movies that, you know, were released basically very recently, (laughs) the last, what, six years, uh, check us out next Friday where we jump into the sequel trilogy with The Force Awakens, starting with that. Uh, Jillian, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. You are one of the sweetest people I have met this year. So thankful for um, all the times we've got to hang out. Still waiting for my happy hour invite. Just saying, girl, you Uh, are on the short list. You will be on happy hour. Digesting (laughs) digesting happy hour. I'd love to. We'll talk more about Star. How about this? When you're done watching all the Star Wars films, we will get you on happy hour and we will talk all about Star Wars. Decompress from your whole Star Wars experience of like the last three months of going from knowing it could be like the cherry on top of the star wars viewing you've done star wars now we get to celebrate with a cocktail with all, your cool like star wars friends. <laughs> with all the st- cool star wars friends yes <laughs> yeah all my new star wars friends okay <laughs> all right guys for aaron for jillian and for christina myself have a wonderful day and may the force be with you